You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. Listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and www.thefireplacechurch.org, where every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, you can join us for uh, worship, uh, teaching, and fellowship. Uh, all executed over the internet, meet with people from different places in the world, have a chat, make a friend. Folks, www.thefireplacechurch.org. Now, I uh, took a bit of a trip last week. I was gone out of the country and hanging out with some of the most amazing people you can imagine over in Australia. I, I really enjoyed that time. I actually got a lot of rest. Folks, it, you know what? It was amazing to me while I was there. I could literally, uh, day after day, feel stress and exhaustion just coming off of my body. I, I hadn't even realized how uh, tired doing what I do had, had made me. And I'll tell you what, over the past, I mean, block of time, let's, months, months, it's been months, you know, we've been attacked in various ways. There has been a lot of uh, sad things that have happened, and um, we've been navigating our way through that. And you know what? I will say this trip was very, very restorative to me, and um, I want to give a special shout out to the leaders and the pastors that I spent time with over there, uh, Pastor Paul and Tracy Tothill, Dave and Heather White, and Mark and Donna from Gateway Church in Adelaide, and also uh, some of the people from Field of Dreams in Adelaide, Todd and Rachel Weatherly, Daryl and Belinda Crawford Marshall, Adam and Paula Thompson. Um, special shout out to all of you leaders and uh, kingdom advancing champions. You know, 
Folks, today we're going to be talking with another Kingdom Advancing Champion, Angela Greening, who's going to be on with me in just a minute. She is a new friend. Um, oh, wow. You just wait until you hear this firecracker. I, I'm very excited about today's program. We get into a whole bunch of stuff. Before we get there, I just want to remind you guys, Pride Ministries, we have a lot of vision. We want to... Uh, promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Um, those are two very, very huge agendas. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do it with a couple thousand bucks. Uh, I am very happy that we've been able to do what we have done. And I'm very happy with you know the fact that those of you that listen to this program have responded to us financially and made it possible for us to help survivors to establish the fireplace church and allow it to continue to run week after week after week, um, you know, to support uh, the, the uh, conferences that we've done, the uh, discipleship classes that we have run, and, and and to allow us to continue to produce the materials that we've produced, you know, I, I just am, am really grateful for that. And now we're just looking for more. We are actually looking to do more, to uh, make a bigger impact. Folks, I am telling you, I have a lot of people on this waiting list for DID coaching. It, it, and it just keeps there, – there are more and more people applying all the time. There are more and more people applying all the time. And honestly, the way things are going, I have no idea. I have no idea how we are going to help all of those that are looking for help. Um, and one of the avenues is going to be to raise more capital. I just don't quite know how, um, you know, but we just keep making our appeal and we keep staying faithful. And, you know, I believe that God is going to expand this platform and uh, expand the number of coaches we're able to work with or train, you know, in order to train people, we are going to need to build some kind of DID coaching school, which we do plan to do. Again, a big financial investment is going to be required there, folks. It, there's a lot of room for growth. Um and so I want to encourage you guys, you know, those of you that have been partnering with us financially, please continue. Those of you that have not, you know, here's your invitation. There's so much that is in store for us now going into the future. If you want to jump on board with us and help us to advance the vision, you can go to bridemovement.com or thefireplacechurch.org where there are conveniently placed donate buttons. And also you can write to us at P.O. Box 6173. Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Now that's it for now. Without further ado, we're going to get to the program. Get excited. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
on discovering the truth with Dan Duvall with a new friend of mine named Angela Greenig. And I'm, I'm really excited about this interview, guys, because Angela is doing so many cool things. And I'll tell you what, she is a seasoned seer and warrior for Jesus Christ, and she is definitely well-versed in the deliverance ministry. Her teaching and insight comes from years on the front lines of spiritual warfare. She has a heart for um, the salvation and deliverance of people, I mean, and people in deep bondage. She is from Washington State, where she lives with her husband, and for over 30 years, she's been... Uh, Going out as a defender of the faith and a voice to those that have no voice, traveling the world, preaching and training the body of Christ. She's the author of a number of books, including Satanism, the truth behind the veil. Her website is www.angelagreenig, that's G-R-E-E-N-I-G, dot com. Angela, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. I am really honored and excited to be here, and I love that God is on such a move right now. He is invading the earth with his glory, and when that happens, darkness and the light collide, but we know that light always wins. The sad part is that most people don't know that, oh. and they live under great deception. And, and you know and what? So, yeah, go ahead. Please. Maybe after listening to you, mm -hmm. they'll flip. Angela. Yes. You have an incredible testimony. Yes. I need to start with your testimony. Okay. And, and from what I Beautiful. understand, you have some background with Satanism. Yes. Um, I'm just going to open up with that. What happened and how did God get you from that world and into what you're doing today? Well, when I was four, I the first time I was raped... And by the time I was nine, I was dealing drugs. And before I knew it, I was stripping, prostituting. My family's side is mob, and my mother's side is Native American, and they're warriors. And so I come out of a, out of a war that's incredible. I was born illegitimate in 58, and here, you know, 58 years later, I, I know it's very prophetic. But God has had his hand on me my whole life. And I learned something so amazing was that I wasn't, um, you know, illegitimate because my spiritual Heavenly Father has always had me from beginning till now. And so all I know is that I was in so much darkness and I would have murdered anybody. That spirit was of such murder and hatred. And I worked for Satan, so I understood when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, the difference between the dark and the light. I understood the hierarchy, and I understood how it played. And I also understood how the church had no idea. Can I tell you, my husband and I, we were living in, and I just had gotten saved, and with his job, we had to move to Massachusetts, to Boston, of course. And so I was having horrific things happen to me in the natural, and I guarantee you that people out there that are listening, you know what I'm talking about, where you're, you have things trying to rape you in the middle of the night and getting thrown across rooms and bruises and scratches and things that you cannot explain in the natural, but you know that it's real. And I had gone to the Catholic Church, to the Protestant Church, and honestly what they told me was when you find out um, what's going on, will you come back and tell us? 
and I had such a revelation at that time and thought, God, who will be a voice for those that have no voice? And father said, daughter, you've always had a big mess since the day you were born, and you will be a voice unto me. And I realized, honestly, that my journey began. And I cried out to God, and I want to encourage people to keep crying out to him, because he hears your voice. And don't give up. Right when you're at the edge of breakthrough, that's when the enemy hits the hardest. And so I was at my edge of breakthrough, but I did not know it at the time. And I just said, God, I just want to die um, because I just couldn't handle the demonic. And I mean, it was like an open, um, it was really a demonic portal and gateways were open to my spirit because I had given my heart to Jesus. And I knew I was signed, sealed, delivered, and I knew I was set free, but the enemy did not want to let me go. And so one day I just cried and said, God, if you don't help me, I don't know what to do. And uh, he literally took me by the hand. He pulled me in a cloud, and I wrote my very first book, um, Armed and Dangerous, which I'm revising right now called Rearmed, and boy, am I ever flipping dangerous. (laughs) Because I am. Because it is what it is. Look, when you know who you are and you have that authority, you step into who you are. So my whole life changed. So I, I feel like a rescue ranger. I have been rescuing people out of darkness. It doesn't matter if they're homeless and in a school, wherever they're at, you know. Um, but I'm, you know, I just really do things very differently. I just came a week and a half ago out of Pakistan. And people go, did you go by yourself? I'm like, well, yeah. I have ministries there uh, that we started in 2005. And at my TV studio, I have a 67 Bible colleges all throughout Pakistan and thousands and thousands and thousands of churches there. That's just one part because we got to go in and get the darkness and bring light where there is great darkness. And can I tell you right before I went, not even a week prior, they had to move me uh, three three times to a different hotel because the hotel um, where I was supposed to stay at, people were killed. There were eight people killed that day. And we wow. found out in six weeks' time, 300 people were killed or maimed and hurt. And people go, why would you go there? I go, why wouldn't I? And so, um, I mean, I did my interview um, at my studio. We had to go outside because the, when the electric goes out, I mean, it goes out for days. And I knew it was a power struggle issue. It was power of darkness to light, and we won. So why are we fearful? You know, fear is a false evidence that appears real, but faith is spelled R-I-S-K. We've got to start taking risk and stepping out and grabbing the generations that are literally going to hell, and they're in great darkness. And our job is to rescue them out of darkness and bring them into the light, because God created all of us to have that fellowship, that intimacy with him, not of the darkness. Now, let me tell you something, Angela. There's a lot of people that listen to this program uh, because we are reaching out to people uh, that have been through uh, satanic ritual Mm -hmm. abuse, that have been the person that gets thrown across the room Mm -hmm. by a force Mm -hmm. that's not physically present. um, And I'll tell you what, when you say that this was your battle, people are identifying Mm -hmm. with you. Now, Absolutely. How did you cope with that as you were going through that part of your journey? It was really hard. I know um, at one time my husband came home because he worked a third shift, and I hadn't slept in months. 
And he came home and he said, where are you? And I was in the closet. I literally was in the closet for three days. I said, I'm not coming out. I can't come out. Um, I have to find, I have got to find out what's going on. And I prayed and cried out to God. It was a big closet, but I prayed and cried out to him and said, you know, give me Jesus or I'm going to die. You've got to help me with this. I was so scared. And again, I'd gone to the church. I went to family. I went to, a, you know, people who I just figured had the answers and none of them had the answers. And I kept saying, but, but see, at the time, but my whole life I've been able to see. So I'm thinking in my head, don't y'all see this stuff? Don't you see the demons? Don't you see the angels? Don't you see that person has a perverse spirit? That person's raping kids? Don't you see that person's stealing money? Don't you see these things? And they're like, no, we don't see that at all. I go, so you don't see colors either? They go, no. I thought, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. And I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just knew it was God, and I had to learn how to trust him beyond, because no one understands SRA. I tell people, listen, we're like an onion. You're like an onion being peeled a layer at a time. There is no quick fix, no remedy. Can you, you know, I've had so many people delivered out of the occult, I mean, by the thousands, and I'm very, you know, blessed that God would ever even use me ever once, let alone that many times, but one soul it was worth it for one soul, you know. It was worth it all. And I'm so grateful for that because no one understands unless sometimes you've walked in that person's shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they understand it. Now, let me ask you about the seer realm. Uh, this okay. is something, I think, Angela, that uh, – and this is what I think. I think okay. that the, the seer ministry – is going to become very highlighted uh, by the Spirit of the Lord in the coming years. People yeah. don't truly understand um, how important this ministry is, especially when breaking the, the, the stronghold of darkness that's maintained in yeah. people's lives. It yeah. is essential. And uh, I, I, I know that in the work that we've done, we will work a lot in this area. Now, now can you just... Walk my audience through the seer realm Absolutely. as you perceive it, as the Lord has Absolutely. led you to deal with it, and, and what preceded that. Because a, a, a lot of people journeying th- into, through, and then out of the occult have the seer realm open to them. But it's, Absolutely. It's, it's traumatizing. And how does yes. that get redeemed? I, just So just talk to me. Okay. Well, um, I actually wrote a book many, many, many years ago called The Seer, The Prophet, and The Knower of Our Times, because all three have a different manifestation. I just remember when I was a little girl, I was four years old, and I really believe after the first time I was sexually assaulted, that's when my gift maybe opened up. I- I'm just assuming that because it was in that time frame. And all I remember is that I was preparing to go to kindergarten. I hadn't turned five yet. I remember pointing my finger at the television and saying, he's going to die and he's next. And I will always remember my grandmother. um, It was so hardcore on her. They hated me because I was illegitimate. But anyway, so she, I just remember her grabbing me and calling me a witch and stuff. But John F. Kennedy died right after that, and his brother was next. And I knew about earthquakes, and I knew 9-11. I prophesied it in churches, and everything I do I document because I just know because God talks to me all the time. And um, But again, when things started happening, even in school, I would see demons in the trees and um, I, I have to say this, this is a crazy little story, but when I was a little girl, I used to hear children crying in my mother's uh, closet. 
and I just thought it was the craziest thing. But um, I went to my school, and I told my, my teacher in second grade, and I said, I keep hearing that my mom has two kids, and they're hiding in the closet. And I don't know why she doesn't bring them up because they cry all the time. And my mother had miscarried two children before me, twins. Oh, my. And she had miscarried right by the door of the closet. And so then it really started tweaking everybody out. And I'm like, I don't understand why I I have that. But I know my mom got a lot of counseling and healing from it. Not from me, but, you know, she went and got counseling and help and stuff. But it was like, you know, God, the gift is so kind of bizarre. But then you step into it and you realize you have to learn how to work it and you have to learn how to embrace it. Because the one thing beyond anything I tell people about this gift is that you can't, first of all, take it for granted. And secondly, you just can't assume, you know, I pray for the discerning of spirit every day. At First Corinthians 12, I ask God for the wisdom with understanding, revelation, but discerning. Is it angelic or demonic? Hebrews 4.12. Because his word, his sword cuts through and it helps us to understand what's going on. Is it angelic? Is it demonic? Is that the person's flesh? Or are they trying to flatter me? Is it this or it's that? Or it's this or it's that? And so I really pray. I get answers, and then I just wait on God. And he's, he's, always, he's always right because he's, he's the Father. But it was a very difficult gift. Sometimes it's, um, it's still a little overwhelming at times because you don't want to say anything, and yet you don't have a chance or a choice, you know. <laughs> Now, you have to do what you're told to do. <laughs> well, when you when you see, is yep. this with your physical eyes, spiritual eyes, or is it both? And sometimes either both. or. Both or either or. Yeah. So you're like in this and out. morning. Wow. Yeah, I'm all the time. Mm-hmm. But I um because I remember I did it. Uh, I was with Patricia King last year, and we were doing television, and she asked me a question. And I know it tweaked the audience. I, I know it did because I could just tell by the, you know, and um, not all of them, but some of them. And um, she said something about going into heaven. I go, well, I'm in the second heaven all the time because my job is to to literally go and dismantle the altars in the second heaven. That's my job. <laughs> so I think people thought I was talking about the third heaven. I go, oh, yeah, I'm up there too. <laughs> I, it, so I think I maybe tweaked them out a little bit. I okay. don't know. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I'm just really excited talking to you, Angela, because, you know, we do a lot of that as well. And this is something I think the church has not quite caught up to is that, Mm-mm. you know, Ephesians uh, does talk about that God intends to reveal his wisdom by the church yeah. to the principalities and powers in Amen. the heavenly places. And I yes, say that does. is the ministry of the church, the body yes, of Christ, to the second heaven, Absolutely. which is a ministry of uh, judgment, a yep. ministry of uh, deliverance, a ministry of uh, warfare. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you get that. Oh, absolutely. And it's correct. People go, I'm in the second heaven all the time. I'm like, you're not even in third heaven, let alone on here on earth. So let's not even go there, shall we? Because they would go, yeah, I'm worrying in the second heaven. I'm like, no, you're not. I said, you just said that because somebody else did. I just always tell the truth. It freaks people out. But I'm like, why should we not say things? People go, well, that's very offensive. I'm like, no, it's not because people are trying to step into a place they've not been into. And you know as well as I do that when you step into areas that are of great darkness and you try to act as you're in the light, like I I really believe this is my own opinion on this, 
But if you ain't got the power, baby, don't go in there saying that you do because you're going to cause more havoc, more hell, and more damage to the people. Because I deal with the collateral damage of other ministries out there that have no idea what they're doing. But they're trying to make a trophy out of someone. My gosh. And I'm telling you, honestly, um, my one spiritual daughter, she was to be the fifth bride of Satan, and God totally transformed her life. But I have many of them. I actually, um, I was not that long ago in a different state, and there was a young man getting ready to be sacrificed, and I knew it as soon as he walked in the door. And um, I was just so drawn to him by the Spirit. I went over, we started talking, and then I went back up front, and I started to minister, and I walked up to him on the front row. It's taped. I, I film everything. But he was in the front row, and I said, so, are you getting ready to go to California? His eyes got real big. He goes, I am. I go, how's your grandfather, the high Druid priest, and your grandmother? Tell them I said hello. I said, and tell your mom, either get in to witchcraft or get out, because just like how God is, you know, hot or cold, he'll spew you out. The devil does the same thing. And I thought this kid was going to have a heart attack. He goes, I've been watching you all my life. I go, that's okay, because I've been watching you too. And before that night was over, he gave me... He gave me um, he gave me all his paraphernalia, which I will call that, and got radically saved and delivered. I mean, he was on the floor for God knows how long, and came back up, and he was immersed in Christ. And here he was getting ready to be sacrificed in California. That is profound. And so I carry it with me everywhere I go. People go, you know, you shouldn't carry the satanic symbol. I go, well, underneath of it is the, it's the compass, and it points north. And my job is to do my job. So you mind your own business. First uh, Thessalonians four eleven says, Paul says, study to mind your own business and do the work that God's called you to do. So when people go, well, she shouldn't really be doing that, or he shouldn't really be doing that, we go, well, you know what? Bam, here it is, and this is how we roll, and this is what we do. And if you don't understand it, pray, because you know, back in nineteen oh eight, they didn't understand about Azusa. In the forties, they didn't understand about you know Oral Roberts with healing, and here we are today. But I am agreeing with you that the seer has to come forth, like even before we began speaking earlier today I was crying out God where is the fivefold ministry where are the true apostles not these pretenders not these you know yeah I'm an apostle no you're not or you know, they say they're prophets but really they're not or they're an evangelist but they're really not I mean you know what I'm saying I'm like God where are those that carry the power and the authority the problem is that most people only operate in power which is dunamis when we get saved we have dunamis but very few which I know this to be a fact um, run in authority. I have two rods, one's authority and the other one's to bring kingdom alignment. And wherever I go, that's what I do. And I know that I'm so bizarre and so off the wall and so, like, I'm so out of people's comfort zone and boxes that they don't know what to do. Because they're like, is she really saved? Because she's so wild and crazy. And we're like, yeah, she's really saved. And what you, the souls you win in one year, I'll do in a day. So go have a great day. You know, because I'm, I'm out for the, listen, I'm out you know, I love the brothers. They took the net and they threw it on the side of the boat. And they were out there at nighttime where there's no fishing, really. They, but they went out there and the catch was so big, they pulled it in. That's what God's calling for us to do. Our job is to go out and fish in the dark places where nobody else is with you. They go further and further out of the waters. They weren't near safety. They were going out further and further, you know, and they did their job. And that's our job now. Like, I have a a remnant of deliverance healing centers in America and overseas, and I'm building as, you know, it's really building more and more. 
because honestly, people don't even know how to do deliverances. And they're having a very difficult time, um, some that are trying, because their their hearts really want to see people get set free. You know, and then what ends up happening at times is that I call it amateur hour steps in and, you know, people are getting really arrogant and haughty and Jesus says, stay humble before me and I'll lift you up, be the donkey that I can ride in on every day, you know. So I just say, God, here's your donkey today. Where are we going? Who cares? Let's just go. No, no, you know, it doesn't matter. Talk, talk I want the me. dark of the dark. Can I take... Yeah. Can I take a minute on this here really quick? Last year I went to the witch's ball. I go to a lot of occult witch stuff. And um, I was really um, quite enamored in, I don't want to say a good way, but it was like it just confirmed I know I'm right what I've been picking up. And here they are. They have indigo kids. And, of course, we should be raising up prophetic children, which we do. And here these kids are like, the lady goes, the witch goes, what color is this blue stone? I mean, what color is this stone? And I'm like, it's blue. And then the kid, she, he, the kid goes, and I'm watching the demon. It's blue. Turns around, opens her hand. It's a blue stone. I'm like, Jesus, amateur hour here. And so, so I just was like, but it was an amateur hour because I'm like, God, Satan is raising up an army. You know, last year in Washington State, they started um, after-school programs. We have satanic after-school programs here. And it started in September, right before I went into Folsom Fair. So now, if your child's being bullied in school, we'll teach your children how to do incantations. There's billboards all over the place. My gosh. Being bullied, need need to get this, this, and this. We can teach you how to do incantations and, and spells. And, and this is with the occult. Because they were modeling after um, school programs for kids' clubs. Now they have satanic kids' clubs. And that happened in September of last year. My gosh. I was and going, it, it's bad. I, I was going to ask you another question, but now you brought something up. Okay. And so now okay. I have to track this. Okay. Indigo kids. Okay. Explain yes. to me what you understand about this. Because this is something that's come to my attention years ago. This was coming up. And, good. Okay. It's what good. Do you I like it that you were. About indigo well, children. Yeah. Well, Okay, so we have God, and so as a mother, I have children that are raised up prophetically, and they pull off of Holy Spirit. And, you know, when you really have a prophetic anointing, you'll know it. But a lot of the younger kids, they're raising them up in the demonic because they're called to be, like, years ago, in my book, Demon and Angels, I had a young child, uh, three and a half years old, trying to kill his mother. I mean, butcher knife, flies, the whole, I mean, bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. It was like something out of a movie back then. And it's still, like, very, like, whoa, in your face today. And they were raising this little boy up to be the high priest of Washington State. And so they they kept taking him to different churches, and nobody could help him. And they said, we know this crazy lady. Uh, maybe she can help. And so I went out there by myself and um, went there and started to talk to this little boy. And all of a sudden, I go, does your father come in through the, your closet? And he goes, he does. I go, just about every night, he goes, he does. And I turned around and grabbed the bear on the bed, and I said, and he talks to you through this bear, doesn't he? And the little boy said, yes. Mm. 
And so I'm looking at the mother. She's like, we don't have anything demonic. We don't even watch TV. It's all Christian music, all Bible Christian, blah, blah, blah. And I go, who has a fence, a big yard, and there's a fence, and he keeps putting his hands through, and he got the bear and gets candy. And they go, oh, my gosh, that's my husband's, um, that's my in-law's neighbors. I go, do you know that they're high priests and priestess and doing sacrifices out there? And she was like, oh, my God, no. And after hours of insanity, um, he got radically delivered and set free and baptized in the Holy Spirit three and a half years old. And to this day, he's still good. And he should be about 18 or 19 years old now. Mm. And the people next door were raising him up. And they were training him. The demons were training him. Wow. In a Christian household. Mm. Mm. Interesting, huh? Yeah, fascinating. And it happened. And so, but see, this is what I mean. There's ways that people, listen, so many families are unaware of the darkness. They're so unaware that, you know, so many years ago in the mid-90s, Pokemon started babysitting their kids and a lot of the games, and it's just engaged them to more and more darkness. And But with the children, they're being raised up. Now they got after-school programs to raise them up. And they're going to teach them how to be witches and wizards and sorcerers and warlocks. And before you know it, they'll be murdering and sacrificing. And it will happen. Because you know as well as I do, coming out of that realm, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. 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 Talk to me about the difference between power and authority. That oh, was it's huge. profound. So I, I, I need oh. to talk about it. Oh, okay. So power is dunamis. Jesus says, I've given you power. So when you get saved, you have power through the Holy Spirit, right? Like right now we're entering into Passover. That's coming up in the next few days. And Passover has to do with rest. But Pentecost has to do with the power. And when we get saved, we get the power. But there is a difference with Ecclesia. It's stepping in. Like I teach, like powers like you got this plug-in, but when you step into Ecclesia, which is authority, I literally, it's hard to explain. I feel like the only way to explain it is I unzip and step out of me into the dark realm, and boof, everything moves. Like, it just does. So authority, you'll know. Like, when I do meetings, like, people can be speaking and stuff, and when I get up and start, people start manifesting and stuff because they know authority stepped in. Seriously. Makes sense, right? But there, there are sense. there are two different rods of authority. But Jesus said that because people go, well, I'm very confused, Angela, because God says I've given you all authority. I go, he has given you authority. The problem is, is that you don't even believe the power that you have inside of you to raise the dead. I've raised the dead. It ain't that big of a deal. I've had more people healed, delivered, and set free, blind eyes, you know, you name it. It's happened. And people go, what'd you do? I'm like, I don't know. They go, how do you do it? I'm like, I just prayed. And I believe God. I think it had to do with the three days in the closet because I'll tell you what, it was either it was on or it was off. I'm like, I can't do much more of this. I really, you know what I'm saying? And I knew that then. Like, how many people, how many women do you know besides Marilyn Hickey go into Pakistan by themselves dealing with the stuff we deal with? Nobody. No. Nobody. You are very unique, Angela. I wouldn't say crazy, though, because I think... You are a kingdom citizen. You fit right yeah. in with the heavens. Oh, yeah, company. but it's, it's a good crazy. I love it because you look at people and go, do you understand? Like, we have um, – my a lot of people I work with, I teach kids how to pray for people uh-huh. and how to see people healed. I was in Sweden 
which is really interesting. I'm getting ready to do something soon um, in, in the next few weeks. But the first time I went to Sweden uh, three and a half years ago, I, they had a blackboard in the back room. I just met them. And I said, um, God says X marks the spot, and you are going to have, like, unbelievable, a gateway um, for the largest Muslim mosque. And it's going to be a gateway in, not just to Sweden, but other nations. And they looked at me like, what? And on Monday, before I left in the newspapers, right where I put X marks the spot, it's exactly where they started building the mosque. It's already being, it's already just about built, you know. And that Sunday, I had children start to pray for people, which has never happened before. And this lady, um, 15 years in a wheelchair with them, you know, she had multiple sclerosis, all kinds of things happening. Her arm was behind her for 15 years. And this little boy goes up and just starts praying over her. And within a minute, her arm pulls out and her flipping hand opens up wide. And all the kids are crying as they're prophesying. And he, the one of the kids goes to this lady and, see, this is what the indigo kids, the, the witches in the dark side are training their kids what to go do. And we, sh- we need to be training our kids on what to do. I mean, this one kid walked up to this lady and goes, I know you're supposed be a police officer. God says the next time you go to do it, you're going to get it. She got it. The lady, she went back in and tried one more time. She's now a police officer. And these are five and seven year old kids. They have no idea what they're talking about. They have not been schooled or anything. (laughs) And it's not rocket science. The problem is, is that I do this all the time. I point to my head, too big to the heart, too small, too big, too small, too big, too small. We have so much knowledge, but we don't know him. We don't really know him. Like, that's what I've been writing right before you and I started speaking. I was writing a word, and and I go, God, I don't know. Do people really know who you are? Do do they have that intimacy with you? You know? But that's the key that's going to start the car and get people moving is we have to have that intimacy, and we have to know who we are. And that's where the authority comes in. That's where the ecclesia comes in. That's where you don't care what people think about you because you know in your spirit your job is to wreck hell as you bring heaven to earth. That's our job. So our job is to wreck hell. Like we're supposed to wreck hell and start to bring heaven down and let that glory. Like people are crying constantly for a revival. I'm like, I am revival, and so are you. Apparently, some of you have not got that memo yet because we're called to be revivalists. We're called to revive that which is dead or those that are dying and in great darkness, but also within the church. The church has no idea. Um, Like just recently with all the, you know, every – Every few months now, the witches are cursing um, President Trump. And on April Fool's Day, they were in different states, including mine, and they were coming against him, cursing him. And it's kind of funny because they have the witches walking a big cauldron, and they're cursing him, and they're putting hex on him. And I go, no has authority to even put a hex on anybody. Did you hang up again? No. Hello? We're still here. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I didn't know if it went or what. Um, okay, so, but you know what I mean? Not one of them had the authority to throw a hex on it, because a hex is different than a spell. But anyway, the point is this. The enemy is on overtime, and we can't be doing kumbaya. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, you can. But I would like to go back to um, September of last year. I was getting ready to go to California to Folsom Street. And um, I had some pastors call and say, Angela, you got to get out here. The witches are promoting these kids, and 
They, I go, the Indigo Kids, they go, I don't know who that is. I'm like, mm-hmm. And they said, you have to get out here because you have to handle this. I go, how about if you go handle it? I said, you can go after the branch. I said, but I'm going into San Francisco, California to Folsom Street Fair, and I'm flipping going after the tree, and I'm going to cut that sucker down because that's what God said. <laughs> and they're like, whoa. So they went out there and got on their knees, which was awesome. Good for you. Put lights. They carried lighting and said, no, we're standing against the darkness. Why? The witches just looked at them and said, you don't have any power or authority. Whoa. Because Whoa. they know. You know that this is right. You know the people that you have ministered to and taught and, and helped, right, come through. Uh, SRA well, and stuff. They know, right? This is the thing. This is the thing. Um, there are a lot of believers that aren't, I mean, truly are not equipped to help mm -hmm. Those trying to get out of the darkness get out. I know that's right. Um, I and I I've seen a uh, a number of the people that like I work with personally, yeah. have gone to certain believers and watched them drop like flies. And I I mean that's yeah. brutal language, but it's, like the the I mean, mm -hmm. this is a real deal, Angela. Oh, I it's mean, real, absolutely. The enemy does not wear kid gloves. He he is uh he has a real agenda, yeah. and he's very serious oh, yeah. about it. And, oh yeah. Um, He's he's very serious about keeping his people his people, and Absolutely. Uh, this is profile. You know, and for those of you that don't know this, uh, Folsom Street is a, uh, a festival um, yes. where th there's a lot of oh gosh. Um, <laughs> so you, I you, 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 you could just talk about it. I'll, I'll let is you that talk okay? about it. Yeah. Please, okay. Here's Folsom please. Street Fair, yeah. if you will. Um, I know last year we had over 600,000 people, people from all over the world come to Folsom Street Fair, and it's all sex. Yep. And it happened 30-something years ago, and they had to put them somewhere. So in San Francisco for three days, I mean, people are walking around with no clothes on. And I'm talking booths, S&M, um, sadistic, dark, 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 dark. I mean, I... I'm going into my fourth year in our first year that I'd gone in there. I mean, it's the best day of my life. I come out of that industry, so I'm so excited to be in the light, you know, because I don't care. But we had a tent for two years, and um, for the first two years, and the first year we had 23, the second year we had 72 salvations. And God said, the first year, daughter, I am your shepherd that shall not want. You have to understand, people are in line in 100-degree weather waiting to come in to get prophesied to, dream interpretation and stuff, and 23 of them gave their heart to the Lord. And they had no idea. They just figured they were going to go in and get their palm, quote, red. And then the second year, we had 72, and the number 72 means a sign. But I knew after the second year I wouldn't be able to do what I was doing because I had a lot of Christian churches come in because we had five-tenths. Um, and we had so many Christian ministers and different people come in that they were quite religious. And so I ended up losing the opportunity because they knew I come out of the industry. They know I'm a pastor. They know who I am. Folsom Street does. And they were like, bring her in. And then after last year, I couldn't take them. Um, um, I couldn't have a tent because of the religious churchy people that were out there, you know, telling people they're going to go to hell. And we have people carrying signs that are from the church, and they're like, you're going to hell. And I'm screaming, you first, Matthew 7, 1, judge not, least you judge yourself. How dare you come against these people? You have no idea. But I want to say this. Last year I did a filming, um, which should be at some time. I don't know. Maybe this year. I don't know. But anyway, I had a crew come in 
they asked if they could come in to film me. I'm like, yes. And my very first day, I walk into, just so they could get to say, hey, I'm so-and-so, how are you? Hi, I'm Angela. I walk right into a bar to a he-she, transgender, a guy going to become a girl. And I'm telling you, in 30 seconds, everything's on tape. He started crying. And I held him after two minutes of talking to him as I prophesied the word of the Lord. And he goes, who are you? And I go, I'm Angela from Seattle, Washington. I sat down, grabbed iced tea. He brought it to me, and then he burned his finger and came outside and goes, Mama Angela, I burned my finger. And God spoke to me and said, see, there is a generation out there that is so lost that they are becoming transgender. They're becoming, going into sex changes. They're going in, and they're homosexual and lesbian, and they're into the animals, and they're into this and this and this and this. And he goes, and who will be a voice? that will go into the wilderness to prepare the way. God says, who will go up? I'm like, I'll go. And so I went three years. This year I go back again with a very small team. And then, but also this year I go into, um, I'm going to Germany. As I was flying home last year, God spoke to me and said, you're going to go to Germany. I'm like, you know, I hate, uh, uh, Germany's really hardcore, like just to step into the nation um, because of its past demonic and a major gate there. But anyway, um, I will go in. Because it's the only other Folsom Street in Germany. And I guarantee when I go there, a lot of people will know me. And um, we have so many people, like, you know, that signed so they could be on television and stuff and just wept. They go, she wasn't mean. She wasn't jamming goddamn my throat, cussing, you know, like, whoa. People have no clothes on. I mean, everybody's having sex. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> but everybody's having sex. I mean, and... You know, there's a lot of a cult, and people are, you know, just doing a lot of satanic stuff. And, I mean, it's just really nuts. It's like it's like I'm in the third quadrant of hell because I've been there many times. And I feel like I'm walking into the third quadrant of hell going, hey, how y'all doing? Because I know it very well, you know. And for me, um, I was asked, why do you go in there? And I said, well, I see everyone robed in white robes of righteousness. And that's how Jesus sees them. And, you know, I was flying home last year from Sweden, and I said, something bad's getting ready to happen in Florida. I can feel it. We started to pray as I was driving to the airport. As soon as I um, had came home, because it's, you know, a day and a half or whatever to get home, they had bombed. Um, they had set that club on fire, and 49 precious young men and women, you know, died. And I was like, and I knew something bad. And I'm telling people, I'm like, you guys need to be praying for their families. You know, people are like, well, you know, they wanted to be homosexual or gay. I'm like, and you're, you call yourself a Christian. See, Jesus says they will know them by the love, by their love. My greatest weapon in warfare is love because I love the people so much. But I want them that are in darkness brought into the light. I want them to know that they have value in the kingdom and that every story is different. And every person's like, again, being... Peeled a layer at a time. The onion just gets peeled and peeled, you know. And that's the heart of the Father. He wants his people to get set free. I love the church is doing a lot of evangelism and, you know, stuff. It's important to do evangelism and, and minister. But I this is my own opinion, so I say that myself. Majority of people that are doing evangelism, it's good training, but now what? Because, you know, we're called to be transformers. We're superheroes. We're called to be transformers. God says your job is to take down the Decepticons. Transformers, you know, like they say, we're more than meets the eye. You know, our job is to go in and take down the darkness and release the light of Christ.
and to not have a fear against the occult and, you know, just the, anybody just to go in and say, no, I really do walk by faith and not by sight. Yes. Yes. And, you know and, what and, I'm saying? Well, and the thing is, right, Jesus said, um, go therefore. Um, and yeah. he said disciple, I mean, yep. the nations, right? Baptize yeah. them in yep. the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like, they're, they're, so evangelism isn't an end in and of itself. It's the beginning. Absolutely. Our responsibility. Yeah, or should be. Yeah, <laughs> Our responsibility yeah. is to um, coach people into maturity yeah. in Christ. Absolutely. Th that's how you release a, a, a company of world ch changers. Absolutely. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> God, God is on a, a war path to, to change the world. And of course, his war path is with the powers of darkness. But, um, yes. oh my gosh, you know, uh, here's the other thing. I don't think that God's kingdom agenda for this world can be unpacked with a people that are unwilling to engage the powers of darkness. Because the people that God has in his plan and written into his books are trapped. Yep. Um, That's very good. They're trapped, but, but he wants true. to unlock them. That's our job. We have to yeah. cooperate with him to do that. Angela, Absolutely. we need this. You know, you said uh, that you wrote a book about seers and knowers. Yep. No, <laughs> yep. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Explain knower. Now, I, I, God has used that language with me, and so I'm smiling, but I want to I wanna let you talk oh, about it. Well, a knower is that it's in your knower. It's within you. You just like you know that you know, mm. and nobody can change your mind. Like you just know what you feel in, in your spirit. As a seer, I see colors, things, you know, I, I just know stuff. And, a, and I am a prophet because I prophesy through the seer gift. And it does make it a little, a lot easier being in deliverance ministry, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I thank God for that. But the knowers, like they're, God is looking right now. Can I tell you what? Mm -hmm. God says, I'm looking for the knowers of the time right now. The knowers of my time, God says, his timing. He's looking for those that know him, that understand the authority in him, that understand the word in him, that know their call. And that's why I love you. When you get out and you start walking on the water, God says you're not going to fail because he wants us to keep our eyes on him. And so that's where we're at. Like the knower will know things, even though it still runs somewhat with the prophetic, somewhat with the sayer. They, I believe personally they all come together. But I do know God's looking for the sons and daughters of Iskar. They're one of the 12 tribes. They were the seer and the knowers of their time. And that's powerful that because is powerful. God is looking for those that can see and know him. Because people tell me all the time, oh, I've been saved for 25 years ago, but do you know Jesus? You know, I, I honestly, uh, many don't. Many say they're pastors. I'm like, no, you're not. They go, yes, I am. I go, no, I don't think so. I met someone recently. I just shared this on one of my television programs. He, I, I go, are he goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm an ordained pastor. And I go, can I ask you a question? And the pastor goes, the man goes, yes. I go, are you an ordained pastor? And he goes, well, uh, I go, did you get your license off the Internet? And he goes, well, uh, well, uh, I go, well, uh, nothing. You did, didn't you? And he goes, I did. I said, sir, do you know the danger of what you're doing by saying that you're a pastor and stepping in because you really just, you need to get saved <laughs> and baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit. You need to know God. 
Uh, and this recently just happened. I was like, Sean, do come on. I got pastors asking me to teach them how to pray for somebody on the streets to get saved. I'm like, y'all ain't gone to school, have you? And they're like, well, we don't need to go to school. And I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to. But you do what you do, and I do what I do. And so I, it's not that I don't play well with others. I play with, I love everyone. I, I just can't handle stupid. Oh you know, the gosh. reason I always got so happy when I knew I wasn't going to hell, I was like, oh, God, thank you. I'm not going to go to hell. And I was laughing one day, and I said, God, why do I say that? And I thought, because a lot of stupid people are in hell, because a lot of them had an opportunity to know Christ, and they denied him. So who wants to be around a bunch of stupid people? And then I thought, God, that's really good. It's pretty cool, right? I like it. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, there you go. That's why I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. And, you know, I love this one thing, though. I think about, too, um, where we are as the body of Christ. You know, with, you know, Passover and everything coming up, God says all the time, and I believe this, many of the church, I believe, is crucified between two thieves, the regret for the past and the fear of the future. So many of God's children are so stuck in the past that they can't get free. And Jesus says, but the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. But they're powerful to the pulling down of a stronghold. It's something that has you bound you can't get set free in. But then Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I think people forget that scripture. Lean not on your on your understanding, but lean on his. I can't stay stuck in the past. I have people said, how did you endure being molested and raped and have all these horrible things? I've been kidnapped a few times. I've been shot a couple times, stabbed a couple times before I got saved. I'm like, oh, I've been there, done that. It's like, whatever. And they said, how did you get through that mentally? I said, it was a choice. I said, I chose Jesus, but I chose to get answers. I chose to hold on until I got the answers that I needed. Um, and I'm glad that I did because I've been able to help multitudes. Um, bypass so many, you know, like, it's like playing Monopoly, you know, go to jail. <laughs> you can't go and collect, you know, you can't go pass go or whatever. You get stuck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of God's sons and daughters, and I know you know this because you minister with them, they are stuck. And they're imprisoned by their minds. They're imprisoned um, by fear. They're imprisoned of their past. They're imprisoned of what people think about them. That they are. They're fearful of what people think about them. And I had to learn a long time ago, I'm so odd that I'm normal. But I'm normal because I just follow the Holy Spirit. People go, I have people tell me, like, I have weird, I have manifestations all the time. On Yom Kippur last year, I was praying and crying out to God. I'm like, God, give me souls, at least I die. That's just how I kind of pray some days, you know. And I'm on my knees crying. And I just have tears just dripping on the floor. I'm looking at this puddle because I'm like, God, please, i got to have the souls. Please, I die. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, open your Bible right now. I opened up my Bible to Matthew 5, and all of a sudden, gold. I mean, I've always had, like, feathers, silver, gold, you know, gems and stuff. But this was, like, pouring out of my Bible. And my eyes were like, what? And I looked down. I go, I said, God, I, I'm not looking at the gold. And it says, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And I started reading the Beatitudes, and I go, God, you don't want us to step into a new season. You want us to step into a new dimension of your glory. And he goes, my glory literally wrecks hell (laughs) as you invade the earth with the goodness and the fullness of Christ. That's what he says. And that's what he wants us to do. 
Oh, my. And so it just kept coming. And so I don't even travel with my Bible anymore, but I've given it to people. I was with Wendy Alex. She's like one of my besties. Um, we did for her God TV um, New Year's Eve. And um, it was just crazy because the gold's like popping all over me. And, and I was just handing it to people and saying, here, just go ahead and have it tested because you're not going to find it here on earth. <laughs> they go, I don't know if I'll be able to find it. I go, no, because probably because you'll never go to heaven. Because people go, how do you do that? I go, it's not complicated. <laughs> Your mind is so weird. Sometimes people have so much information. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff I have, I just stay, I hang out with God. You know, I tell my husband, I wouldn't want to be married to me. I'm up at 120 every morning. That's late. And I war and pray. And my neighbors are afraid of us. You know, they don't never bother us because they're like, that woman's in there nuts in violent warfare. But I... Have ton, I have so many ministries all around the world, but I am fighting right now against such demonic strongholds, and the gates, you know, are literally wide open, and Satan's just walking in, having a real good time, and God says, who will be the watchman? Who will be the gatekeeper, you know? See, in Revelation, it says, I've given you a key that unlocks the doors and sets the captives free. I want all the covens. I want any dirty, dark sex. I've done porn conventions. I mean, wherever there's great darkness, I will be there because it brings um, life to my spirit because I was called for this. But can I tell you, you know you're called for this, right, as well. But many out there that are still being bombarded by the darkness and the enemy messing with their heads, I hate that. But he's constantly trying to bring in the past. And God's like, no, when you start to step over and step out on that boat, I'm going to just fill you with every day whatever you need, and I'll, you will be able to go and get the job done. Because all I do is train people everywhere I go. I'm training up groups of people, teaching them how to minister, teaching them how to evangelize. I'm, I go, I have seven trips coming up in the next exactly 40 days, four of them being nations, and I release a deliverance healing center and ordain um, ministers in California like in a month from now or something. And because I'm like, God, I have to have deliverance healing centers because there's not a lot of places where people can go. And I want to say this really quick if I can. Yeah. Uh, two years ago at Folsom Street, I had a couple drive from uh, out of state, older couple, and they had done anything and everything they could to get delivered. And um, they went to, they showed me the letters and stuff. And so they came and I had some of my minister friends from overseas with me. And uh, they drove in and said, well, we're here. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm getting ready to go to do Folsom, but I'll just stay here for a time and do what, my job. And um, they were asked, they said, we will um, counsel you. It'll be 4000 an hour um, a piece for you to come and get counseling to get a deliverance. Some of the churches said, if you join our church, we will deliver you. And so they're going all these places, and you have to understand, they're retired. They're up in their 70s, 80s, and they drove like five, six states to come see me in California. I mean, they were so desperate, you know. And within an hour, they both were totally delivered and set free. They go, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, he is, ain't he? And we had communion together, and they left and went back home, and I had to go hit the streets. And... Weird. I just kept laughing. I was like, God, how freely I have given unto you, freely give it away. And I thought it's an abomination, a lot of the deliverance ministries. That's my own opinion. I say that myself. 
I always make sure I'm clear when I say this is my opinion. But my opinion is there's a lot of places that are an abomination because they're just, you know, they're snake oil peddlers with, with double tongue, you know, they're, but they're snake oil peddlers. And they're peddling an oil to try to set, tell people, well, you'll get set free. And what are they doing? Causing more damage. I know. Do you ever feel like when you're doing, you know, these times, right, like you're ministering with people and you're counseling SRA and stuff, don't at times, like, you just so grieve in your spirit because you, you just only want, you know, people that are out there that know what the heck they're doing. And it's just sad that you have to deal with the amateurs and, you know what I mean? It's tough. It, it is. is tough. And... The, 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 the real challenge is where do people get equipped? Yep. And that's why I train. Like, I never would have written a book, but I was working with the Catholic Church at the time, and I knew I had to write a book for them, and so I did, which is my first book. And my first book is Armed and Dangerous, and it talks about the 16 demonic strongholds and helps break down the cult and the occult and the offensive, defensive weapons, talks some on the bloodline, things of that nature. I'm revamping it because I've realized things were taken out, um, which I was so busy writing other books and traveling so much I didn't see, which that will never happen again. And um, I have Demon and Angels, and that teaches on the five levels of the demonic and the angelic and what that looks like in today's world. And then, of course, I have the seer, prophet, knower, but my Satanism, the truth behind the veil, is what I call my mothership. Because I swear, every time I start to read that, I just get, I go, oh, my God, who wrote this? It's so flippin' amazing. I was looking at it today going, whoa. And the Lord said, see, you were called for such a time as this, daughter. Because even though I wrote it many years ago, it's so prevalent. And people are reaching for it because they're learning how to get equipped. And then I have colors, numbers, and elements because people, you know, like I was praying today for us, for this time today, and I looked yes. up, it was 11-11, and immediately I say 11-11, and I will release that rod of authority one more time onto the earth. And I thought, God, thank you for releasing your rods of authority and kingdom alignment today. And that's what he was saying to me. But numbers are very prevalent in the word and people forget and think it's all about astrology and, and all these kind of things. And we're like, no, 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 no. Um, God created it for his glory. You know, That's he did. Right. We're in the year of 5777. And my word I got was that the three sevens flipped upside down and became sickles and left golden trails. And he said, the next three years, harvesters get ready. And it's already begun. Like, we have so many waiting to have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're waiting for us to come. Because in Luke it says, and I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. I've given you power and authority over all the scorpions, over all the serpents of the enemy. But don't rejoice over the enemy has to bow, but rejoice that their names are written. Where? In the Lamb's Book of Life. As I like to call it, chosen. Because they're a chosen generation waiting. And you know why I love working with those that have come out of great darkness into the light? Because they understand the giftings, they understand it's easier for them. True. It was for me. Have You know what I mean? Have True. you noticed that when you talk with people? It's so oh. much easier for them to catch God. Oh, yeah, it makes sense now. Yeah, well, and um, to understand the spirit realm, it's mm -hmm. very difficult uh, coming from a Western indoctrination. Oh, yeah. To bridge that gap from left brain thinking where everything is just logic and 
um, fact and yeah. uh, move into the spirit. Because I tell people, this is what I tell people, Angela. I tell people, listen, truth is higher than fact. The facts mm-hmm. can be changed. You might have yeah. a disease today until the truth yep. of God's finished work through Jesus Christ intervenes and suddenly yep. you do not have that. Like, the truth is higher than fact. That moving out of the left brain is very challenging with Western indoctrination. But when people have been deep in the occult, they have yeah. – a, a, it, it's the, the veil is down. The veil is just down. Exactly. And it's a predisposition. And unfortunately, what we don't get is that the same way the veil is down for the people that are indoctrinated in Mm -hmm. darkness, like these indigo children, we as the body of Christ could have the veil down between heaven and earth and just walk in that. But we're so stuck in religion, Angela. It's very scary. You know, I, I, uh, I'm i an ordained pastor, so I have six years of Bible college total. And, you know, I had to back in that day because as a woman, and I just kept thinking, I was I had nine outreaches going on even before I was ordained or anything. And I watched as all these ministers were so arrogant and haughty and didn't have time to talk to somebody. But that was their job. And I just thought, my God, they have that left side of their brain going on, except they didn't get the rest of it. You know, they were arrogant and holier than thou, you know, and just won't compromise. And they're so intellectual. And and it's really interesting um, because I have opportunities to talk to people that really are from Harvard, Yale. I mean, they're major brains you know and i'm training it's just really bizarre how god moves you know and and i'm back in the catholic church again i was just there last year and actually they have a deliverance um they have a deliverance healing center but they also have a channel on my network kingdom media kingdom invasion media army and god i'm looking for people that are in their zip code that are taking care of business and they're catholic i went and taught um priests how to do exorcisms (laughs) <laughs> it was so cool. I loved it. Because I used to do that. I used to train and teach. That's why I wrote my book. And the Lord says, I'm, the doors are open. Just go. Do whatever you need to go do. I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm always out for that one, you know. I'm always out for that one. I just want the one. I want to say this if it's okay for a minute. Um, the other thing that's um, so overwhelming right now is that, you know, Satan is so taking out the millennial generation and under. Like, they're almost like they need a jump start, you know, which is Holy Spirit. But there are so many young kids that are that are literally being put in mental institutions and hospitals, and they're going crazy because they're in so much darkness. And the darkness is pulling them in. And, you know, where is the church? And people go, well, you know, they won't go to church because they don't see the light in the people, but they see the darkness. I have that a lot come across my path. I've had a few times this week already, and today's what Wednesday. Yeah, I've already had a few um, cases come in, and he said, "Yeah, the you know," and so it's growing more and more because it, I'm telling you, the people that I met at Folsom, wherever I go, when I meet people, I know one thing is for sure: they're so lost and so hungry. Everyone, wherever I've gone into the darkest of darkest places, honestly, they end up crying why I hold them. And they're just like, and you know what this God, God says to me, daughter, my spirit to the spirit. They cry out for Abba Father, releasing the spirit of adoption. So I, I'm praying all the time, God, and crying out, God, release the spirit of adoption of those that are in great darkness and that are lost. You know, just um, because that's where we need to be at now. 
And my son, um, Yakub, he's the bishop in Pakistan through the government. Uh, actually, today's his birthday, who I was just with in Pakistan. One of our pastors was driving up. We just started a Bible college right next to the Afghanistan border. And he was um, shot four times in the back on a motorcycle. And he's not dead, and he's back preaching the gospel of Christ. And, you know, I was like, God, in the deepest, darkest places, you're bringing people to me that I'm called to connect with. Like what you're doing. I I told you, you asked me before we began the program today, hey, do you know me? No, I saw your name and the Lord said, you're going to work with him till the end. That means we're in like until the end. Whatever you need, here I am. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew by the Holy Spirit, it's a God connection, not a man connection. And that's what people are looking for, the God connection. Not the left side of the brain connection. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? They're looking for God. And people are so desperate. I know with our Folsom last year, you know, I ministered, I don't know how many people. Every single one of them had tears while I held them. And they're grown men. People have no clothes on. You have to understand that. And, um, you know, people, my husband won't let me go preach in certain churches, but he lets me go to Folsom and he lets me go to Pakistan. He goes, babe, I know God's got this. He goes, that church and no. But yes, oh, go to Pakistan. If you get shot, I know you'll be fine <laughs> if you did. And of course, he's concerned and he worries, but he knows this is my call. Mm-hmm. And he's amazing, and he supports what I do, you know. And I think that's the other thing for people out there. It's always great to have a support system. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a brother or sister in the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. it's so nice to know you're not alone. Because I used to cry um, when I first started out. Can I, I want to share this. I get saved. And I'm so enamored because I drank morning, noon, and night, took pills in the morning and pills at night because I couldn't kill the demons. Like, they wouldn't leave me alone. And um, it's before I got saved, right before I got saved. And my mother made me go see this pastor who looks like Colonel Sanders. And they were going to take my daughter, which my husband and I have been married three times to each other, married, divorced, married, divorced, married. And at that time, we were divorced, first time. And um, I get saved radically. And in the third day, I go to the tanning salon. I'm Italian. So I go to the tanning salon to get tan, get my hair done, do my thing. I walk in, and they go, oh, my God, Angela, what has happened to you? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I, I met Jesus. My whole life has changed. And so I talked to them for, like, two minutes. I'm like, yo, you want some of this? They're like, yeah, we want some of this. And people were getting healed. I had a lady, I tell the story all the time, a lady had this huge tumor. And I barely could read at all when I got saved. And I opened up the Bible, and I saw Matthew 10, and it wasn't hard to read. Go lay hands on the sick, yep. raise the dead. Freely I've given them. I'm like, okay, I can go do that. Not thinking that God would use me. My hand literally caught my right hand, red hot fire. I put my arm under this chick's, um, you know, under her armpit, and poof, the thing went down in my hand. And so I swear, I looked under her other armpit to see where the heck it went, because I didn't know where it went. And then I'm like, oh, my God. And people are like, oh, my God. And then everybody got saved in the tanning salon the third day. Look at that. And it was so nuts, right? And I just, I, and it was God, though. See, this is what I mean. It's like, if and people tried to shut me down. I got in trouble a week later for having a lady. I knocked on the door and said, God told me to come here. I know you don't know me. She started bawling. She had nine kids, no food in the house. So I wiped out the church's food. I got in so much trouble. To this day, I still have a food bank in my house 38 years later. I have enough food for all the neighbors for a couple of weeks in case somebody has an emergency. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's, this is the call of God. 
He said to go. You have been commissioned. Isn't that what he said? Matthew 28, our job is just to go. And if we go and be a donkey he rides in on, he tells us what we need to do. Um, I want to come back and ask you a, a question, if, if that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, of course, honey. Because, well, I am interviewing you. <laughs> so we'll get to ask questions. Yeah, but this was, is a really good question. You mentioned the third quadrant of hell. Mm -hmm. now, now, all right. First of all, I want to let you, I, I want you to respond to this. Do okay. you believe that components of hell can be overlaid on Earth geographies? Absolutely. Whoa! All right. Talk to me about what you meant when you said third quadrant of hell. You you, you associated that when you talk about Folsom Street. I I just want you to break this down a little bit. Because okay. this is a this is a revelation the body of Christ needs to get. And I wrote a book called Higher Dimensions, Parallel Dimensions in the Spirit. Oh, come world. on. And and we're, we're getting into this because what what we're dealing with it, right? And I, yeah. I, I try to explain this to people. And, and you know, it, it, we're finally getting to the point now, Angela, where people yeah. are listening to me. Like, you know, before I was just this young guy that, you know, just, just somebody – you know, whatever. All right. Anyway, um, I'm working on building credibility. <laughs> but I write this book and I'm like, look, we need to get into the nitty gritty because if there's some things we don't understand, we're just not going to be effective. Yeah, go ahead. Floor is yours. Okay. If you saw, I have a wall in my house, many, but my one wall has lines of color. Um, like I have red, blue, gold lines. I'm actually going into Sweden in a few weeks. Because of the X marks the spot, it's a major flipping gateway. Russia will be right there. I'll be with a few other nations, and I will be there for like 30 hours total teaching on spiritual mapping and helping them to understand. I'm like, y'all know you got a, a major gate here, right? And I'm like, there's 13 gates and nine wells. They're like, where do you get that from? I'm like, look, I ain't got time. If you don't understand this, you're not going to get this. So I started teaching and breaking it down. They're like, oh, my gosh. But there are grids. Like, there are... Like, they're ley lines, and I, we were just somewhere recently, and I go, oh, my God, we just ricocheted backwards the ley line. They go, I've never heard of that, and I'm like, of course you haven't, because you don't even really know what a ley line is, <laughs> you know? And But it's true. People don't right. understand it. So what your book is, is right, because there is so much activity going on. And I have been down to help people go, well, you know what quadrant's for. I'm like, I, I may not be the smartest or sharpest tool in the drawer, honey, but my husband is a flipping brainiac. And I'm like, babe, it's a third quadrant of hell. And he looks at me, and I'm like, no, it's a third door over here. And then you have this, this, and this going on in the room. So he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So your book is exactly correct. And so actually, I do some teaching on my school, The Gladiator, on that. Um, but I train everywhere on the gates and, you know, like, a lot of people do different type of, um, you know, they do prayer walks and stuff. I'm all about warfare. That is my prayer. And the kingdom of heaven suffer violent, and the violent take it back by force. We need, as a church, to grab what belongs to us and let the devil know, take your help and get out of here, because you have no rule, reign, and authority. The problem is, is that people are going to get counterattacked and go, I just better not go there, you know, or do this. But I'm writing right now. I'm, I've been... Um, working the last couple years in the nations that I'm supposed to be in and it's been really amazing because I sit down and explain to them I said you have this this and this 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 and this and actually in Sweden last year 
it's so demonic. Like there, there's so there are areas that they're so opened where they're wearing the horns and blood baths and people all having sex. And this is in the neighborhood, you know. And I'm like, no, no, no. She's this. She's this. She's this. And the music's coming out. And there's something I'm supposed to say about that because uh, before we started to um, speak, I was praying, like I said, and um, I heard the Lord say, tell him this you that there is a sound that is being released, and in the sound, there's an awakening of the darkness, and only the truth of that double-edged sword is going to be able to break forth in it. And that's why everything's been a game-changer. Like, you're going to see more doors opening, more things are going to happen for what we carry, because the I'm telling you, that, and we love the church because we are the church, but they need the DNA that we carry. Because there's no general that has gone into any war without knowing his enemy. Because I've had too many Christians through the years say, she's all about the, she's so focused on devil. I go, oh no, sister or brother, I'm focused on Jesus. But his eyes are focused on the devil because his job came to give us the keys to set us free. And we're already free. The, parent, the problem is most don't know that. But spiritually, God is, there's a grid being laid. And so I made the mistake, sadly, of saying it to someone recently, uh, even on a book I was writing, and now I've pulled back from writing it because now they're writing it. And I'm like, we used to have a real good day with that as Satan just messes with you. How about that? Because you have no idea what you're talking about. But you do know what I'm saying. The grids are out there. The gates are out there. There is – the hell is here. Absolutely. Well, and it's and getting this, more and more exposures happening. I mean, we we can't shut this down if we tried. Like the Christ, no no Christians gonna be able to hide this at all because it's in our face. Yeah. Well, yes, 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 it is. Yeah. It, well, there's a lot in our face. We we could go on for a long time. Um, I know. Th- you know, the thing is, and and, and because I think we we need to kind of uh, fo- focus on this for a minute. Okay. You're talking about that we need to go get our stuff back. I'm all about getting, getting our stuff. See, see, some people think that they don't have any yeah. stuff. They don't understand that to uh, give an inheritance means yeah. to divide an issue by lot or a lot. Yeah. Like God has given us a lot, and, and he has imparted that to us as from heaven. Yeah. Like, And the devil's squatting on our stuff. The yes, Bible says – that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You know what? I always thought that that means that we're supposed to knock on the gates of hell and hopefully knock something over. But what I realize that means, Angela, is you yeah. know gates are, are are defensive. You put stuff that you steal behind a gate, and then you Absolutely. set up a gate to block people from getting yep. back. Th- like that's you know you you use gates to contain things. What that yep. means is that the church, the body of Christ, is designed to literally overcome every gate that is a barrier between us and what's been stolen that's souls that's opportunities that's destinies finances finances thank you yeah relationships so much but that's right and you know there was a song many years ago that people used to sing i wouldn't never let him sing when i preached we went to the enemy's camp and we stole back we went back and stole back what he stole from me he's under my feet i'm like he's not under your feet shut that song down (laughs) and i shut it down every single time i said because until you realize 
that you have to step out of power and step into authority. You People need to get armed and dangerous. They need to start to understand that Satan not only is real, but, you know, John 10.10 10 says he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But I love in Jude 24.25, he says, And to him who was able to keep you from falling, I've given you all authority, all power. Take dominion. Go back to Genesis 3. Take dominion. Take back those things that belong to you. Like, I have lost so much through the years because I just love the kingdom. I love the Father, and I don't get caught up in people's, you know, weird stuff. And I just mind my own business, and I just stay to myself pretty much. I mean, I, yeah, I'm around people, but you know what I'm saying. Because I watch the mentality of people, and I go, God, I have to be around people that are going to lift me up. Not all the time, but majority of the time, I want to be with people that are flipping forerunners, that are going somewhere, that have an agenda and a call from God, and don't have a fear of getting the stuff. A lot of people want to stay bound, licking their wounds, uh, feeling sorry for themselves, because that's the only way that they're going to get attention. Some people believe, well, I can't go back and get it because the devil's the devil's the devil. And I, I'm known for this one-liner. Well, God is God and Satan's not. Because God is God and Satan is not God. And God created, not Satan. But people go, oh, they have more fear of Satan than they do God. And God created him. Well, the and, problem is, is that people don't even know, I'm sad to say, a lot of times the Word of God. They go, I read all these books, and I watch all these preachers, and I watch on YouTube, and blah, 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 blah. And I go, yeah, but what about you and him? What did you get today? You know, it's important. And that's how we start to get our stuff, because we got to start having revelatory knowledge from heaven on how to go and battle things. Like, my, when I came back from Pakistan, my second trip, I had a... 180,000 member crusade. It was my crusade, raised the money, paid for it. I had a gunman up on the roof, um, and we thought we were prepared, you know, as well as we could be. And the gun pointed at me. And I said this out loud. I go, God, today is a good day to die. And then sometimes I think, God, not everybody can say that, you know. But it really still resounds in my spirit like that. The sound won't leave me alone. So I made my girlfriend go, and she was petrified. And I made all the other people that I brought with me speak. And I just sat there and listened to the, the voice of the Lord. And uh, But it really started to speak to me. When I got home, I was really, really ill. It was very odd sickness. And I went to my doctor, and they had to take tests, and he said, well, Angela, we just want you to know you have colon cancer. And I said, I'll be back in 22 days. She was short. But jumped off the table and said, I'll be back in 22 days. For 21 days, I prayed, I fasted, and I only told my um, sister-in-law, who at the time was my armor bearer, I didn't say really too much to my husband or anything because he was so overwhelmed with me not feeling well and whatever. I didn't want to throw too much on him. That was my call. But anyway, um, so on the 22nd day, I made them take a blood test, and they, every time I have stuff happen, I'm like, no, that's not happening. No, 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 no. And now they all know me. They go, oh, there's a lady that just had three lumps in her breast last year. There's none. Because I walk in, I go, they said I got this. They go, yeah, we know who you are. They call me Sister Faith Walker. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, no. And can I tell you, when they said that I had cancer, the first thing I could think of was, oh, my God. You know, the enemy's like, you have cancer. You're going to die. And I go, Matthew 12, the unclean spirit. 
you have 12 manifestations. You get up, you walk, you seek, you look, you want to hit the graveyard, you want to kill me. I said, but God has swept my house, and I'm getting my stuff. And I, I said, to this day, I will never die of cancer. And they said, I've had, they go, you have lumps, we believe it's cancer, blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. Well, we'll go there, and we'll go through the process, but I already know I don't. Because I'm telling you, we have got to start to learn about battling Romans 12.2 and learning how to, not just Romans 12.1, but Romans 12.2. We've got to start getting our minds renewed in Christ. We have to be so armed and dangerous with weapons of mass destruction. Very few people are offensive, let alone defensive. And there's so much more. I mean, we could be on this subject for 50 years, and I would still be you know, getting revelation, as would you. But the point is, is that we have got to start taking authority And we have to start speaking life. Most people speak death constantly. But Jesus says in Proverbs that life and death is in the power of the tongue. I teach people, you set and create the boundaries for your own life. You do this or you do that. But you speak it into existence. Every day I wake up and say, good morning, Lord. It's going to be the most amazing day ever. And I just start prophetically releasing this before I even get to the coffee pot. I'm already releasing the word of God. I said, God, I just know that this is where we're going to be today. No matter what it is, if I'm getting ready to fly on a plane or go to preach or go buy groceries and come home and cook dinner, it doesn't matter what it is. But it's like I'm not losing anything because Satan's constantly, like honestly, list, um, Last summer, I walked out in my front yard with my dog. We had pictures. I literally fell into a sinkhole in my front yard. I'm like, this is interesting. So, of course, we had to call an ex- escalator or whatever, the guy to come to excavate the land and redo our front yard. And so um, the city guy comes out, and he goes, well, what do you think happened? I said, well, I'm an exorcist. I said, I have a demon buster containment unit in my house, and I believe it's gotten so big that that's why my front yard collapsed. I said, so... Um, are you going to give me my paper so I can get my yard done? And the guy just looked at me, and he literally backed up staring at me. The next day he came and handed me the paper, and he wouldn't even look at me because I had the guy come here to do my yard. So I had to wait for the papers to be okayed, and he was scared to death. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you say that you're an exorcist? I go, but because I am. And why would you say you have a demon buster uh, containment unit? I said, because I do have a demon containment unit, and it's bigger than I know. Just like I know that we have storehouses up in heaven, bigger than we know. We can be drawing off of stuff. We just don't really, we're, we just keep thinking, I'm going to sow money here, I'm going to do this here, I'm going to do that there, and, and God will be pleased or whatever. But I just think that the more quieter we become, the more that we can hear him, you know? And that's where we're at right now. That's how we get our stuff, is that we demand it back. And it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but I know it's coming. Because I'm waiting on stuff for 20 years, and I'm like, Satan, you're bringing it all back. It's just a matter of timing. Put your tail between your legs, pretty much. Because it has to happen. Because God's God and Satan's not. And we've got to get armed and dangerous. We have to understand the weapons of our warfare. We, we need to understand the armor. I tell people all the time, you quoted earlier out of Ephesians. We... God didn't give us an armor because Paul was kind of bored and figured, well, I better throw this paragraph in for a reason, you know. But he gives us weapons to be strong in him, which is the belt of truth. What, what truth does someone need today? Get it out of the Word of God and start decreeing it. If you're sick, decree the healing scriptures and start decreeing whatever is going on in your life. 
And then, of course, the breastplate of righteousness, God says it's to guard your heart, for out of it flows life. And I always pray every day, God, let mine be bigger on the inside to guard and protect my heart, for out of it I speak life or death. And it might be for peace, of course, for the gospel. But then the helmet is to guard our minds. You know, we have the shield and the sword, which is the Christ, and covers all the fiery darts. But people forget that there was spears that were thrown that isn't in there, and that wood would literally split in two because the enemy couldn't throw it back. I'm like, God, where are your spear-throwing people at, you know? Where are they, God? Because we need to start throwing back the stuff at the enemy and saying, no, I'm not going to bow down to this. I will not. I'll tell you, honestly, I've seen more people die from cancer and stuff because they kept saying, no, no, no. You know, the doctor said, I only have three months to live. And I go, well, as a man speaketh, my friend, you're going to be dead in three months because you can't believe that God wants to heal you. Well, they said it. I've had all these people praying, blah, 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 blah. And I go, but you've got to, you have to have people that have an authority. It, it's pretty much where we're at right now. you got to start believing God. That's when you step into that authority dimension. Makes sense, doesn't it? Do, do you believe that authority and maturity go hand in hand? I believe so. I believe you step into the authority. Just like when you become a pastor, you start to step into your shoes once you start to wear them, you know? Mm. Like when I remember when I first became, you know, my first sermon and stuff, I was like so scared, even though I, I was already ordained, you know what I'm saying? But I so wanted to do a good job, and I kept hearing the Lord saying, um, I, I, I actually stopped my sermon that day, and I said to my girl, I said, let me use your shoes, and she gave me, she wears a size five. And um, I'm a seven and a half, so I try to wear a shoe, and I said, well, you know, right now, this is how I feel. My foot's trying to jump into a size five, and I'm really called as a pastor, and one day my shoe's going to fit, which is my seven and a half, you know what I'm saying? It'll fit. But until then, it's going to be a walking experience every day till I start to get comfortable. A lot of times, I, I've lost friends, honestly. People go... Oh, you just think you're so all that and then some because you're a deliverance ministry. I'm like, you're an idiot to think that I would even do that to begin with. My God, it's not like, I said, you know, I'd be a multi-billionaire if I was into healing, which I am in healing, hello, handling and deliverance go hand in hand. I said, I would have had this thing capped years ago. I said, but I chose to be true to my call which is deliverance ministry. People think you're arrogant. I go, no, there's a difference between arrogance and knowing who you are. Jesus says with G.I. Joe's no one's half the battle. You need to know your enemy. You need to know who you are. You're not going to put a private out there to make a decision for a general. <laughs> if you do, you're going to be in trouble. You know, the, the Bible says, and this is one of these passages that just speaks so loudly to me. I, I love Daniel chapter 11. Verse 32 mm. says, those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And, of course, that yeah. word great exploits means mighty deeds, right? Yep. And that, that word know, the idea is that the, the people that do the great exploits actually have an intimate knowledge of their God. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's so much more than a scripture memory verse, although you're not going to get very far if you can't memorize a scripture memory verse. Like that is a part of – that's like a prerequisite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, but my weapons that I pull out during warfare are mostly scriptures. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. Oh, I, I always – you have to. I uh -huh, mean uh -huh. because it depends – see, but I, I'm with you on that. See, and people want to say, totally... how can I do warfare like you? I'm like, well, you could start by memorizing the 200 scriptures <laughs> when I start pulling out my weapons. Right. But that's the, you know, that's just called discipline. Um, yeah, but you know what? There's the discipling. 
Mm. which is missing. Mm. Because when you become disciplined, you have been discipled. I'm so, like, I fast so weird, and my my lifestyle is so different. People go, you are so disciplined. I go, because I'm discipled. I mean, I just, and people laugh at me because I'll eat three potato chips. They go, why won't you eat more? I said, because if you eat 10, there's nine or 10 grams of fat. I don't need it. I'm very healthy because I have to be to do what I do. And they go, don't you want to eat the whole bag? I go, well, yeah. They go, do you? I'm like, no, because I'm disciplined. My mind says, no way. That's not happening. My body's like, let's run for it. And I'm like, no, Romans 12, too. Get it under wraps, sister. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's not that I don't eat or do certain things, but I'm like not the normal person. I've come to this conclusion. I'm so different um, because I'm I'm in the Word all the time. I'm in the Word. I'm in prayer. I can't watch a movie without looking at a scripture ten times. While I'm watching a movie, I have to stop for a minute and watch because I don't even pay attention. My brain is never kind of here on earth, if that makes sense. Because the Father's like, There's, well, you know this because you wrote a book. And there's so much going on in the spirit realm. And God's going, where are my frontliners? Where are the snipers that to go ahead of the team? I'm like, well, I'm here, God, let's go. He's looking for those that are going to be the snipers. He's looking for those that are positioned. And, you know, another sad part why I believe sometimes people have lost maybe some of their stuff and have given up, and I'm talking to people that are in ministry, you've given up, because people are dealing with the jealousy issues. You know, um, people are just jealous. Because you're on TV or you have a radio, whatever it is, or we write books or whatever. Or, I mean, I travel worldwide all the time, you know, but it's just what I do. It's like a normal breathing habit for <laughs> breathing, you know. Oh, yeah, i got seven trips coming up in the next 40 days, four nations, three states. Okay. You know, on a plane, go preach, go back on a plane. And it's just a rhythm. I have times where that rhythm has to hit because God is calling for that rhythm to really arise right now. And it's the discipline. It's just the discipline, and we have to be disciplined. And the, and without the word, we're not going anywhere. Let's get real. <laughs> My goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Angela, mm-hmm. you have a website and all kinds of resources mm-hmm. available. Yep. Uh, why yep. don't you talk to me about that for a little bit? Okay. Well, on my website, well, actually – uh, seven years ago, I was given a word, and I think this will maybe help someone. And um, Heidi Baker calls me. Uh, first, Patricia King calls me. She's in Canada on an elevator. And so Patricia goes, Angela, I have a word for you from the Lord that you're going to start your own television. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm listening to her. I said, love you, PK. Have a great day. I'm praying for you. Bless you, my friend. Hang up the phone. An hour later, Heidi Baker calls me. Angela, yes, Heidi? She goes, I have a word for you. I go, oh, my God, are you on the – now, listen to this. I go, oh, my God, are you on the elevator with Patricia King? Are you in Canada? She goes, no, sorry, I'm in Pemba. God gave me a word. It was the same word that Patricia gave me an hour prior. No kidding. In one hour. And I was like, God, I don't think I can do this. I mean, I hung up and almost fell to my knees. I'm like, God, I've, I've been on television since 05. And then really on as of, you know, 2010 or whatever, all the, every week I'm on all the time in many – nations and states or whatever and they said no you're going to have a television and I thought well Lord I can't I can't do I gotta be me you know and he said you are Angela Greenick and you will have Kingdom Invasion Media Army and you're going to write books and do more DVDs and you're going to start training people on the art of really what it is to be a warrior for the king and what that looks like because some warriors are 
worshipers with banners and they're and they're flagging and everybody has a part and every part for everybody out there listening is just as important as the guy next to you because God loves all of us equally. He doesn't love you more than he loves me, okay? And so I said, okay, God, if you really want me to start writing, I will. And so all of my resources are like up two, three, four. I always tell people go to get armed and dangerous first. And because it helps you to have a foundation, because without a foundation, it's very difficult to build one. And then I teach more on, you know, demon and angels. I teach on the occult, uh, seeing, you know, different books. I have DVDs as well. And how to do an effective deliverance. People got the DVD and said, my God, it works. Oh, my God, no. Wow, what a concept, eh? And they're like, oh, my God, no, it really works. I'm like, no, I really know. Because I just don't think that we, I think we've made things so complicated. Right now I'm doing my first book, Rearmed, and I really am that flipping dangerous. And that's what I'm calling it, and I've added a lot more things in. When I first wrote it, they made me take out a lot of the scriptures. They said I had too much. I'm like, huh? What do you mean I have too much? They said you had too much scripture. I'm like, okay. So I had to cut it back some, so I'm throwing that all in plus some. And then I also have a, a new book coming out, The Four Corners of Hell. And the Queen of Heaven coming sooner than most people know. And then I'm going to be doing a lot more on the glory, on the anointing, teaching and stuff, because I love that there are so many dynamics out there, like people teach on the glory and the anointing. But as warriors, I believe that we carry a different DNA. My goodness. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You're a warrior. We carry a different DNA. So I think it's important for people. Sometimes it's nice to be around a like-minded person. It really is, Angela. Isn't it? Like, I've had so many invitations for radio. I've, I honestly have turned them all down. I did radio for four years. I mean, I loved it. Um, but I turned it down, and then as soon as I saw your name, then this morning I looked on your website. I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> and I was like, but I'd never gone because I know by the Spirit. You know why? Because God says you will know a kindred spirit. Mary and Martha, they knew each other. You just start to know people, and that kindred spirit rises up. So, and I have a lot I want to teach on. I'm, you know, that's why I said I, have a, I should be having a, some clips coming up even from Folsom and stuff. Of course, the people will be all blurred out, but you'll be able to see how to how to go in and minister. That's one of the things I was doing was doing training on how do you go in, how do you pray, how do you war, how do you prepare against casualties, how do you pray against counterattacks. You know, how do you do, how do you do, how do you do? And I just tell people, you know, there's, I don't know how many deliverance ministries out there. I just stay into the river God's called me to go into. Mm-hmm. I don't jump in somebody else's. I don't try to be someone I'm not. Been there, done that when I got saved. Mm-hmm. My pastor used to preach like Evie Hill, an African-American pastor out of California. And we'd go, and, and, and I started preaching like that. And then I was at the altar, and I started falling because I was hyperventilating trying to be my pastor. And he's like, it's okay. Be who you are. I'm like, whoosh, woo! And Yeldon was doing nuts ever since. Just be who you are. Come as you are. That's brilliant. And so the TV, though, on the, on the channels, you'll see a lot of people. People will know who they are by because they're known in, throughout the world. And there's a lot of um, amazing men and women of God that are on there that literally um, are what I call in their zip code. They're doing the work of the Lord. So it's very amazing. And it's for free. People watch it for free, and 
the people that are on it don't pay either because the Lord said, freely I've given. And everyone said I wasn't going to make it. They go, you're going to fail. I go, why? They go, because in order to do this, you have to have people pay you to go on your channel. I, I go, well, no, because the Lord said no. And I know right now we have 45, and I have more TV hosts waiting to be put up. And the number 45 means inheritance. And God really spoke. He said, this is a year of the inheritance. This is a year for those that have been battling and fighting against the darkness. This is our year for the inheritance. And he's given it back and then some. Because he does say that. He said he'll make him give it back many times over. Some people say sevenfold, a hundredfold. I'm like, everything you've stolen, you're going to give back so many times over, it's going to hurt you real bad. But I believe that. I do too. Because I just want the souls. I mean, once we get that, we're in. And then we have an army that's coming alive, you know. And I believe the army is alive. I believe we have too many that are missing in action and too many POWs, prisoners of war, casualties of war. But they're coming out. I know it. They're wandering and they're stuck, but they're coming out, says the Lord. They're coming out. And I believe we're on a pilgrimage to bring them out. Like what you're doing on the radio, it's amazing. That's that's really, truly an honor coming from you, Angela. And I just want to say, folks, www.angelagreenig.com, that's your launch point for everything that she is doing and uh, engaging and uh, all of the equipping that you can get from her ministry is right there, you know. Angela, it, it's really been a privilege to connect with you. And we've never talked before this. No, uh, just today's our first. Today's I, our I think first. we knew each other in heaven, to be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I you do. Know, this is the thing, though. I know, Heidi Baker. I said, Heidi and I, when I met her years ago, I looked at her and I said, she looks at me kind of weird. I go, well, we met each other up in heaven. And she's like, oh, my God. And all I said to her was, I go, look, sister, you have nothing to offer me. She went, what? I said, but if you want to be a true friend, let's play. And we've been girlies ever since. And I said that for you. We're friends till the end. How can I help you? What can we do? That's what God's calling us to do now. This is how the kingdom operates. And, you know, what you are doing, though, is that you're changing the culture. Or maybe perhaps the left brain to go to the right, which... My God, maybe there's a book in there, another sequel or something. <laughs> well, there's a whole list you know of what sequels. I'm saying? <laughs> We're working on it. Um, there you go. The, the, the Bible well, says it, that yep. we are citizens in heaven from which yes. we await to come. You know, people don't understand that they have mm-hmm. an existence in the realm of God. This yeah. is – and. It, Oh my gosh, we have so much other, so many other things to talk about, Angela. Really, truly, I'm going to have to have you on again. And, oh, um, I would be honored. I'm giving you a channel, so you'll have your own TV channel, which you can just do radio if you want. You can do live interviews, whatever you want. Put your books up there. It's all free. And, um, you know, because it's just how it is, because I already knew that before we even spoke today, because, oh again, I've known you since I was up in, I knew you before Earth. I just knew. I knew we have a, the hearts are kindred. When you have that, you know it. So there you go. (laughs) You didn't tell me that before this interview. Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Praise God. Well, Um, I thank you for for having me. I'm so – I'm just really encouraged. You know, some days even the the warriors need to be encouraged. And I'm always encouraged. But it just – it's refreshing. I'm so grateful. Um, It is a privilege and such an honor 
to be able to share um, anything that would be able to even help, you know, anyone. But I do know his word decrees that Isaiah 55, his word will not go out void and it will return and it will accomplish what he has called. And I believe a great army is arising. Well, it is now I got to go grab a sword and war. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, before yep. we close, Angela, I am going to request yes that you pray for my audience. And, Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, uh, folks, one last time because we're going to close with her yep. prayer. www.angelagreenig.com Yes. Floor is yours. Thank you, Lord. Okay, but I'm going to pray my way. Is that okay? Good. You got it. Okay. Thank you so much. Ere oto o maa. Ere shi ando o. Ere me. Ere me. You're going to bow right now. Satan, no rule, no reign, and no authority. Father, we bind up all works of darkness that is coming to steal, kill, and destroy from your sons and your daughters. Father, I thank you and decree this day. Psalm 94, that a pit has been dug for the enemy and that there is a violence rising up within the spirits of your sons and daughters because they have lost so much from the enemy. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to use the program to start to stir that fire. I thank you, God, all dominion, all power, all authority to subdue the enemy, God. You're calling us to subdue him, to tie him, to bind him, and to release him from our lives. And, God, we loose right now heaven to wreck hell. In every household, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every doorpost, over every home, over every mind. I thank you, Lord, that you start releasing dreams and visions. I hear the Lord saying, I'm releasing um, an increase of the power and authority through your dreams because some of you are so fearful in the daytime you're going to get it through your dreams and Lord I just want to release a blessing now to overflow them I thank you God as these next few days we enter into Passover then we step into Pentecost and that's where the bam 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 comes in and you're just going to literally knock us off our feet with your love with your spirit and the weapons of the warfare that you have given each and every one of us and I do, I want to pray a special blessing over children right now, Lord. Um, for the moms and dads, your sons are lost somewhere out there. And I just thank you, Lord. It's truth when you say that what you put into them, it will not return void. It will be established. And we just thank you right now, Lord, that every mom and dad out there, all the families that are hurting and going through so much right now, Lord, that you will encourage them. And I pray you will continue to bless these programs and my brother and all that he's doing to, to really awaken the kingdom one more time with the power and the glory and the authority that only comes to the king of kings, the true king. And uh, I just give you praise in your name, Jesus. And thank you for those that are going to come into the kingdom as they hear this in your name, God. Amen. Amen. Woo! Discovering the Truth with Dan DeBall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com at our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision 
which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed.